What's up, guys? You're listening to the Colorado Cars and Coffee podcast with me, John, Steve, Terry, Alex, Hayden, and Dan. Got a whole bunch of us here. It's a true, it's like I've said before, it's a true morning zoo. All right. So um, let's just get into the events we have uh, starting this weekend. We have the Sonic uh, Tots and Tailpipes, September 11th, 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at 2400 Colton Road, uh, Superior, Colorado. Um, it mainly it's on your typical cars that you probably see on the road. It has Porsches, Skyline R32, uh, NSX, a Toyota 86, I guess, came at one of them. Um, our next event we have is Off the Street Drags at PPIR, uh, which is September 12th, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then the Go Baby Go Build event, which is in Colorado Springs on September 12th. Uh, Big Wheels on the Farm Car Show September 11th. Wheat Ridge Lane at the Wheat Ridge Lanes from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, Vehicle Vault has a Expresso and Exhaust event, which is from 9 a.m. to noon on September 12th. Then we got Cars and Coffee and Loveland on September 13th, starting at 8 a.m. at the Loveland Design Carpet One. We have the DOS Colorado Treffin 2020, uh, September 12th at the Poncha Springs Visitor Center in Salida. Uh, begins and ends cruise, which begins at 11 a.m.-ish. And uh, looks like lastly, we have uh, Motors and Mocha, which is September 12th at 8.30 a.m. It's at 12364 West Alameda Parkway in Lakewood. Nice list. Yeah, it's a good list for this weekend. Quite a list, yeah. Sure. That uh, Das Colorado Treffen, that's uh, European cars, but I think they welcome uh, all their makes as well. That's down to Slida. All right. How was um, how was uh, the tots and tailpipes back in Centennial, Steve? Uh, last weekend, last Friday, uh, it was pretty good. There was quite quite a turnout. Um, I took the the Honda Monkey. That was fun. Oh, good. Uh, good I always good. get a lot of questions about that. It's my retro. Yeah little single cylinder small bike from Honda 125 cc if you're not if you're not familiar with that Honda what last year decided to come out with a version of their bike called the Grom which is yeah single cylinder 125 cc like a, it's a mini bike i mean it's a little tiny short thing it looks like a kid's dirt bike almost and uh, they put some kind of more old school bodywork on it and uh, Steve decided he had to have one. Yeah, the, the Grom, the Grom's been out for about uh, three or four years, but for the past two years they've had the the monkey. And I saw it last year, like that's pretty cool. But then this year, right before COVID hit, I saw it. They had released a blue one. Like, oh, okay, time to go by. And then COVID hit, and we we're all we're all stuck at the house. And so I called up around. Uh, a couple of the deal- Honda dealers and found one in stock in blue and went over and picked it, picked it up. Nice. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. It's not a very, not a very fast bike, but nice to tool around on the, on the city roads. Right. Yeah. I've it's slow. I've gotten up to <laughs> 57 miles per hour downhill. 
Um, and that's you don't want to do much more than that on that, anyways. Not something. <laughs> it's no. it feels pretty stable. I, I I feel really comfortable on it. You know, I avoid two twenty five and any major road. Try to take side roads if I can, and but it's a blast. You gonna I, get the edge hey, for for a bigger bike since that one is so specialized? Um, I don't know. I mean, I maybe I, I, it's there's there's not a big burning desire for uh, a, a larger bike. You know, maybe there's a there, Yamaha. I think has a TW two hundred, which is a little that's bit bigger. It, that's a little bit bigger, but <laughs> big old, big old fat tires. Really small steps up to a up to an adult bike here. <laughs> no, I've had adult bikes before, and it was fun just picking up this little thing. But yeah, because um, I know last, but just getting back to the Sonic, uh, I know it was a big. It was a topic last week about. Uh, moving around locations and going back to where we're comfortable. So you think we're going to be they're They're going to be excited to, to uh, see everyone up in superior. Well, this is a new spot for us and I okay. will call this Sonic tomorrow saying, Hey, we're expecting 20 to 30 cars. Are you okay with that? Uh, to avoid what happened to the previous Sonic in Broomfield. Right. So this is not far away from that one. It's just a different one. Uh, we're going to try another one. And also give them a heads up. So try to learn from our experiences. I think oh, that's yeah. the right way to approach it anyways. Give everyone a heads up. Let them know we're going to be there. Don't don't take it yeah. by surprise. And, right. You know, we had been, we had been at Centennial for so long that we just gotten used to they were expecting right. us. So right. I was thinking the same thing for the one in Broomfield, and that wasn't the case. They, it's, it's a sonic thing that they have a lot of. I mean, they have the old, uh, you know, 50s playing sock hop kind of car shows too so it's just it seems to be kind of a thing that's around around sonics they've always kind of even organized them on on their own as well it's like the sonic by in this area where i'm at littleton lakewood you know they have like exactly what you're saying they have hot rod nights and stuff like that so it's just a little you know as steve was saying we're so used to centennial there's so many car events that are held at Centennial, not just the one that we would do. You had, you know, Hemer and Burger Nights that's been going on for a very long time, etc. So it's just surprising that some of the other Sonics don't have never experienced anything like that or, you know, had like, you know, little car group gatherings and stuff. But, you know, if that's what needs to be done to make sure that you guys can turn up and enjoy a somewhat impromptu car meet on a Friday night, then so be it. Yeah, yeah, and, and we plan to move these events around some. So right now it's northwest Denver and then southeast Denver, but we might try you know west like Golden or somewhere. But we'll just we'll try move them around a little bit. And we definitely encourage, you know, our members to you know if you have you have a Sonic by you and you know you're kind of far away from some of the places that we rotate to, just call your local Sonic. You know, let them know. Yeah. A good point. Good point, Terry. Um, Spencer, one of our admins for Southern Colorado Cars and Coffee, a new group we just kicked off, he's saying, he just chatted me, hey, why can't we have a Sonic down here in Colorado Springs? And I'm telling him, hey, Spencer, you just got to create one and, and, and show up. And so I'll walk him through that. We'll, we'll set up some events with uh, Southern Colorado Cars and Coffee, too. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 Good, good, uh, good car community down in the Springs. I've bought every single one of my cars that I've gotten out here from the Springs. <laughs> so, uh, 
I like that crowd. I bought two of my cars down in Castle Rock, actually yeah, Southern. My cars. Yeah, the Z4 and the the GT350 down in Castle Rock. What else is going on here? Is that do we have any anything else on the on the Sonic? No, let's move on. I was just kind of wondering how it went last week and everything, and what was going on for this week. Sounds like we got through it. It was pretty cool to see a 50, 59 Cadillac. That was that showed up a little bit later. Uh, most most folks had left, but it was kind of cool to see that. Nice. Yeah, off the streets drags coming up. Uh, pretty cool event that Pikes Peak Raceway does out in Colorado. Is that just a straight quarter mile, or what? I've never. I'm not familiar with that. Believe it is an eighth mile. Actually, I don't think it's a quarter mile course. I think it's the. They just they probably version. just section they cut off down one their straight one of the uh, one of the straights. Yeah. Nice. Yep. yep. Yeah, and it's kind of nice. It's it's more towards the evening, uh, starting at four p.m. and going until nine. So you know, oh, uh, it's a good, probably yeah. a little warmer then. Maybe get the tires some stick, but. Uh, hey, I'm used to being. I'm used to being out there for for track attack at right first thing in the morning, and then being there through the bacon in the sun. Hey in the middle of summer so yeah can't right. be too bad sundown sounds pretty nice out there so that's a that's a cool event to try to get to and then we saturday our crew is going to a uh, go baby go um build event in colorado springs um, this is a charity that we work with a ton uh and steve i'll let you take away a little bit more info about that yeah, sure. The uh, Go Baby Go coordinators have invited us, our team, down to uh, their facility in Colorado Springs. So we're heading down this Saturday. Um, Alex, myself, and who's the third uh, staff guy? I wanted to do this, but I'm out of town. But so I don't can't recall who the third. A few guy of us is. are going down. But also, we're inviting some uh, uh, CNC members down too. So Tara, John, and Chris are coming down with us. So a build team of six. And um, what happens is that we build a, a ride-on car, like a battery-powered uh, ride-on car for a, a toddler. And we put the car together. And then they come in. They help us with putting on some safety controls for that car. And then the uh, parents and the child will arrive. And they'll present that, the car to them at that, at that event. So it's pretty cool. It's something we've not done before. So we're really excited. Um, Normally, pre-COVID, we'd have there'd be several build teams of say four or five, six different build teams building six or seven different cars, presenting them to multiple kids. But because of the COVID environment, we're doing just uh, one team and one car and one kid. So, still, we're looking forward to it, and should be exciting uh, to have that together. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you, Matt, and myself. Matt's the other one coming with. Oh, Matt. Okay, great. Sounds like a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to get down there. Should uh, should be fun. Little little early for my liking, but um, you know, good causes, good causes. Oh, definitely worth it. <laughs> it's not as early as uh, Lafayette Cars and Coffee, so true. Yeah, and that's a hike for us Southern guys. Yeah, when I lived in the Springs, that was like a whole coordinated event just to make it there on time. It was rough. That's way too early. Yeah. I wouldn't have bothered if I was coming from the Springs. You had to get yeah. a hotel room. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I have to be up by, like, 4. Oh, no. <laughs> on a Saturday, dude. That's, yeah. tough. That's tough on a weekend. <laughs> I know, especially if you've had a long Friday night. It's real bad. Mm. It's like going to uh, the hill climb. I honestly think that that is a thing that is, I don't know, that is almost like an intention of having an early morning car meet is to, to shake out the, 
the party people in a way. Nothing, not, not there's anything wrong with them, but. Uh, well, if that's the case, it's extremely effective. So good on them. It seems like it. <laughs> definitely, definitely for the diehards. We know that there's the there's the night night meet in quotes crowd, mm-hmm. and then there's the morning meets crowd. Not that we can't co-mingle. I certainly, I certainly know a lot of night meters myself. It's definitely a different atmosphere, though. I'll, I'll definitely say that. Just a little bit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like a rec league basketball. The serious guys are getting up at like 4.30 in the morning and going to play Saturday mornings and weed out anybody that's not very serious about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Going to get a bunch of hate for just for... <laughs> what's wrong? <laughs> oh, what's wrong with night cruises? There's nothing. They're right. great. <laughs> We're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Just not our focus, that's all. Have we... uh? thought about including some of the other um car club like owners like guest featuring them or anything like that because obviously there's a lot of them especially down in southern colorado and i know that they would like to get that started up yeah i mean we have our group we're expanding with the uh, mm-hmm. southern colorado cars and coffee probably start off with that but yeah i mean i'm i'm sure we're we're down for some alliances if somebody's interested always yeah, and I've been I've been talking to Michaela uh, with Wicked CC. Oh, cool. So I know I know that she does some CNC. So trying to coordinate with just what her schedule is and how she puts those uh, events together. So yeah, we're trying to, to work on you know expanding out uh, the group down there in the south as best we can. Uh, we know it it could um, it could be improved with the the CNC scene down there. I think Wicked's um, a good organization. Uh, Michaela seems like she um, she really passionate trying to get everything to work and seems like a great leader yep definitely agree so what's the next event we got uh, big wheels on the farm car show I, I don't know too much about that one has anyone attended that one don't know couldn't tell you a thing about it okay it looks like it's this friday uh four to seven p.m wheat ridge lanes but we're pretty familiar with vehicle vault yeah espresso and exhaust uh this saturday nine to noon long long standing uh Cars and coffee type meet. Yep, always second Saturday of the month. Looks like we got one up in Loveland on the 13th. That would be Sunday, right? There at Loveland Design yes. Carpet One. Okay. And then uh, Das Colorado Treffen down in mm-hmm. Salida. Sounds kind of cool for uh, European cars, VWs, Audis, so on and so forth. Hopefully there's some uh, older ones. Get to take a look at them. What's, what does Treffen mean? Anybody know? Hang on a second. Let's, Let's see what Google Translate research, says. Research on the fly. Okay, got it. I'm going to guess cruise. You know, I was in Europe for a couple of years. I should know this, but I don't. You should, <laughs> man. So it means cruising to Poland, if you're curious. It just says it just says meet to meet. So like I guess a treffen is like a meetup. Okay, cool. In Poland. Technically... Technically, it's not specifically it's not, in Poland. Somebody in some someone in some some native German speaker would probably be annoyed by that because it is a verb. So a meetup yeah. is a noun, obviously. But we well, got to be a little cautious about things going from Germany to Poland. They yeah. they can write they can write to us and complain. We'll yep, they can write advisement. Complain. None of us will care. We'll see if we'll get any if we get any native German speaker listeners that care to write. That would be pretty cool. And unfortunately, our, our topic list here of events is out of order, and that's my fault. But uh, the last one we have is on September 12th, which is Saturday at 8.30, Motors of Mocha up in Lakewood. 
haven't been to that one before either. Yeah, we got a good good list this weekend for sure. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Yeah, it's not too bad at all for uh, the times that we're living in. If anyone's interested in more details, definitely hit up the Facebook group, hit that events tab, and then um, our follow on Instagram as well. We'll, we'll always put up the uh, weekend itinerary post and try to give out as much information as possible and direct everyone to where they can find this stuff. So is next hot import nights? Where do we go from here? Next, next Saturday. Someone in this group is uh, showing their car. Isn't that right? Nope. <laughs> Not a single person. <laughs> Take it away, Dan. I mean, if you see a white WRX with a big wang, that's me. So uh, try not to be too harsh. What if we see, what if we see multiple white WRXs with I was big wangs? Well, you know, it is Colorado. It is it is Colorado, and it will be in the spring. So the chances of that are extremely high. You so have to try to find correct. one to park next to. Yeah, right. I have Just a friend that has a that has that a car by that description. Really? Shout out to Alice Stern, racing <laughs> racing her white STI most weekends. There you go, that plug right there. The the WRX section at HIN will be popular for sure. So you'll be the only non vaping Subaru owner at the event, correct? Yes, absolutely. That's how you find them, kids. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. I'll be in the corner with no smoke, so just go over I there. I thought you were going to say smoking a cigarette. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and several of us from the CNC team will be down there uh, doing interviews, taking some um, video footage and audio. Uh, we have a bit of a, 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 bit of a uh, not a live podcast, but we're recording some stuff, right? Yes, mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. That'll be exciting. A little taking our, taking our show to the streets. So if you're listening and uh, are showing at uh, uh, hot, hot Import Nights, uh, let us know. We'll come by and try to give you a good interview. Yeah, we're going to organize some interviews and break down a couple builds and get some info on some cool stuff around there. Should be, uh, yeah. should be a good time. I'm sure there's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be some interesting cars there. So I think we've covered events. What, what do you guys want to talk about? Um, are we going to talk about that Jeep? Oof. The the new Grand Cherokee? Yeah. No, it's the wagon. <laughs> the wagon. The Wagoneer. Yeah. See, I well, don't see I haven't seen this at all. So I'm Googling it right now. I'm also pulling it up. It looks like a uh Ford Flex, 20, a little bit higher. Twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two? I would say look at the twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, I didn't even know what about twenty twenty two. Okay. Car and driver article. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like a Range Rover. Yeah. 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 It looks like a Range Rover and a uh, Ford Flex had a had a baby. Yeah. Well, I think some of the bigger points of contention people have is it doesn't look like the old Wagoneer, and it doesn't look like it has the faux wood paneling and exactly. the big grill, etc. I don't want to ruin it for them, but it's not 1970 anymore. Oh, they really are doing wood paneling. I think that you don't. <laughs> If they're selling so many SUVs that they're just throwing, they're just throwing ideas against the wall and seeing what right. sticks. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, basically, it's just it's it's a modern design, and they're going to look like almost everything else out there because it's almost proven design and a proven shape. So, yeah, it's going to look, you know, like a Range Rover, and it's going to look like this and that. I mean, that's just the nature of you know the beast. So yeah, this, 
That's what I'm reading right now. It's it's saying the dimensions will be similar to a Chevy Tahoe. Uh, wow, words. Chevy, <laughs> Chevy Tahoe and Suburban. Um, and it's going to be competing with the Cadillac Escalade and Lincoln Navigator and some of the Mercedes and Range Rovers because the price, yeah, the prices starts at sixty thousand all the way up to a hundred thousand. I'm assuming that's the all the bells and whistles. Um, that is some shock value. But yes, it was definitely competing against its natural enemies. So, I mean... They they have to do that. I think they're in some financial trouble because they're mainly applying towards off-roading crowd with the Wranglers, and there's not really much of a reason for current Wrangler owners to upgrade when it's basically the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I thought the new I thought the new Wrangler was supposed to be really upgraded, but I, I'm just not. I don't live in that world of four by four in. So, well, the new Bronco could be a kind of a death blow to their one little niche piece of market that Jeeps had for a long time too. Right. Yeah, and that that's a very valid point. I mean, what will that full impact of the new Bronco be? I mean, the hype and excitement on it was extreme. I mean, there was lots of positive towards that and so you know then i also think just the missteps of chevy production of the blazer was not what some people expected oh that was you know it you know right exactly so you know you you kind of leave it with ford do they really have any challengers or direct competition with their re-release of the bronco that's really out there that can really compete against what they're offering. I don't know. They, they still can't, they're still not taking away the one niche that Jeep has with the Wrangler and that's a solid front axle. So if you're a real, if you're a real off-roader, you right. only have the one, the one choice because those guys have one independent front suspension. Right. So I don't have much to add about this. I don't live in that world. I'm just looking at this. Looking at this slightly Range Rovery looking Jeep that seems to have Range Rovery Jeep like Ford. Yeah, the thing, the thing I saw with the Grand Wagoneer was the it could cost up to 100k. That's yeah, that's quite pricey. That's ridiculous. Is that going to be a twin of the Grand Cherokee, or what? What is yes, the... the Escalade's always kind of been in that price range, but I, you know I don't know why anybody would try to go compete with that. I don't see anybody. Buying it for that price range, that's more at that rate. You might as well go Range Rover. Shit, I don't know. Oh, sorry, I don't know about y'all, but for that price, I'd rather just get a Trackhawk. Yeah, exactly. There's not really a whole lot of those either, but it's maybe that's what they're thinking is going to be a hundred grand. Well, right. the, the Escalade has like a name and a status for a while. The Escalade, like you know, it's that's kind of its own brand almost at this point. I don't think. Announcing a, you know, nobody's buying a wagoneer to go rolling around in, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what? So yeah. So basically, the the, the wagoneer is not an Escalade killer. You know, it's just another option to dump a bunch of money into. But in reality, it, I don't think it's. I don't and think it's, it's going to go anywhere. It's another SUV. People will buy yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Will. That's it. Exactly. That's why I'll I'll, I'll stick to the. Rav4 manual craziness I am, which is perfectly fine. Rav4 manual rally car. Rav4 ra- manual rally car, baby. That thing takes dirt roads real well. At, at what point do we see everybody else go in the Ford route and just 
not going to make passenger cars anymore. It's just all trucks and SUVs, right? Ford's already already gone that route at this point. I mean, exactly. Because and you know it because you own one. Ford used four years ago had an enthusiast car at every price point. You yeah. start off with the Fiesta ST all the way up to the the GT the uh, to the GT supercar, right? The GT supercar, yep. So and then so then I know this because I worked at a Ford dealer. They tried to sell a lot of them for for um you know, for a uh, a markup. They didn't sell that many and then Ford said, "Oh, well you guys didn't oh well nobody bought these." And now they did well. Nobody likes cars, so we're just gonna sell our. And anybody, anybody from from Europe will tell you like Ford does like small, you know, front wheel drive car, like little hatches very well. Like that is a core competency of them. And Terry grew up in England. He'll tell yep. you that that they're massive over there. X three, X four, pre you know, yeah. RS sixteen hundred. No, you guys, I mean, you guys were deprived of hot hatches in this country. Oh, yeah. Deprived. That's the sole reason I bought my Focus RS. And I would have, and I probably would have gotten one too had I, you know, had I been able. That's, I mean, I was so surprised when they announced that they were going to sell that here. I'm like, oh, that's never, never been a thing here. That's just something that has been for Europe. That was one of the things I enjoyed the most about in Europe is all the hot hatches you can get. They're everywhere. I'm like, this is amazing where you come to America and it's like, you literally have to search under rocks to find it. And there's more choices too. Even the companies that we get, like Volkswagen, like you can get the Polo over there. You can Mm -hmm. get, there's uh, Citroën, Seat. There's so many more choices. Yeah. What's that little VW one? Polo. Oh, and and then the up exclamation point. Yeah. That's smaller than the polo, so yeah, you have that too. Uh, the up exclamation point is hot garbage. I hate that thing so much. Have you driven <laughs> one? Why? Yeah, uh, I used it while I was in Italy, and in constant stop and go traffic, it was an absolute nightmare. I hated it so much. Was it a manual? Yeah, it was manual. Oh, everything in Europe oh, is manual. Oh my god! Getting an auto- I want getting it. it. Getting an automatic in Europe is like. It, it's hard. It's like impossible. Everything's manual. Guys, I would well, I would kill for a, a manual well, a lot of in the U.S. That sounds like hilarious fun. Yeah, roundabouts are amazing. I will say that. Qualify the point on automatics are hard to find in Europe. I mean, I grew up there, mm-hmm. so automatics are there. Yeah, oh, that was hundred twenty years, years ago. That was hundred twenty years ago. Most of the cars. Most of the cars will be manual because that's just the way it is. The automatic and, transmission hadn't been invented at that point, Terry. You know, so they're there and they always will be. The roads you know? are only big enough for horses and carriages, right? Well, I will challenge anybody to drive on the sea roads I drove on as a kid in England, mm. where it's technically a two-way road, but you can kiss my ass. You can get two cars down that road. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was like in Italy as well. I drove them like crazy. It's just, and I'll take people back to England when I go and I'll go down some of those country roads and they are just scared to death. They're like, Ooh, who has the right of way? We both do. Don't worry about they it. They also, well, the other, the other etiquette that they do over there that we don't over here is they, uh, they cross the, they cross the road lines as long as they can see ahead. Yep. 
So it's one of those things. But yeah, definitely getting back on the point with Ford just moving to all like trucks and SUVs. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I think Hayden's point is pretty, you know, kind of valid where, you know, that decision to say, well, no one's buying these cars, but they're buying trucks and SUVs. So let's just focus on that. I don't know if that's going to backfire on them or it's just a business move to look at their whole market share, not just in the US, but worldwide, because they are a worldwide, you know, company and realize that, hey, we're selling a lot of, you know, smaller two-door hatches in Europe, and we're not selling a lot here, but we sell more SUVs and trucks in this country, so we can cut our losses, secure the profits, secure the bottom line better if we dump the cars here because we're just not selling them. You know, there is that consideration that they, they could have thought about. But I think it's kind of like a bad move because you're just limiting your own market within this country that people that would traditionally buy like Ford sedans and hot hatches and little econo boxes. Now they're not going to be able to do that. I don't see the people buying. Well, I think, I think Ford are just following the trends. Uh, they are, yeah. we are buying, most of us are buying SUVs and we are not buying hot hatches. I think that's, they're just heading, you know, the bean counters have gotten in and said, okay, time to cut the hatches and small yeah. cars and, there are much smarter people than us that are making those decisions. Move on to the money makers. Yeah. Yeah. They recently changed their, they recently swapped out CEOs too. I think the guy who made the decision to, or was the CEO when they made the decision to stop producing cars is now out. Mm. And that's true. Uh, decisions can be quickly reversed. Well, I believe that the new CEO is actually, um, I believe he drag races a Mustang or something. I, I read a little bit about him. He's he is more on the performance driven side, which is really weird. Um, I don't know if he just they have to wait longer till he's allowed to make changes. I'm not sure on that one. Well, he might just be waiting so he doesn't have shock value. You know, like get in right. there and just recreate the wheel and throw yeah. everything off. What is nice though? What I do think is nice about companies rotating out of the sportier stuff like i think like ford is obviously one um i think you know bmws have kind of have kind of gotten there too where they're focused more on kind of you know bigger bigger cars with higher power and stuff and not necessarily something that's just made for a driving experience and um you're seeing hyundai with their end line and Toyota start to step up because Toyota hasn't made a sports car in decades, but yeah. they started out with the FRS and now to the Supra. There's pretty, there's rumors of the MR2. Um, there's going to be a second generation of uh, FRS that's supposed to be, or GT86, whatever they're going to call it, that's supposed to be turbocharged. So it seems like more, more companies are coming in to, to fill that void. Junior, if you're listening to this podcast, which I'm sure you are, uh, bring back the Ford sedan and Ford coupes. We yeah. want them. Bring them back. Yeah, I, I know me personally, I, I have no interest in buying any SUVs. I'm going to stick with my Focus RS until they come out with something like that. <laughs> John, do you also have a Focus RS? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, man. I didn't even wow. know. <laughs> Two of the we're we're going to have to make another podcast. Oh, you guys both like the um, you guys 
both like the driving position in that car or did it take some getting used to? I love um, it. Yeah, I, I like it too. I, I have no problem with it. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm like six feet, four inches, um, pretty big guy. Um, and I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I think it's comfortable. I, I, have, I have no real problem with it. I mean, my knee's kind of close to. Um, yeah, your knees go up. Yeah. Yep. It's a little close to it. Um, but I mean, aside from that, the day-to-day driving, it's not that bad. I think there was there was a lot of complaints about the seating position from guys overseas. They had like a bucket seat option that were not the like bolstered plush seats that we got in the U.S. Those okay. bucket seats sat higher on the rails for some reason. So guys like us that were you know six two and six four like you, John, they were yeah. having some like seating position issues. But the seats um, we got in the U.S. I think were um, made for U.S. guys like us. Right. <laughs> so what you're yeah. saying is, is I need to get a Euro version so I feel taller. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I can see over the steering wheel. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe oh. we should. Are we moving into talking about the Bronco? The juice is loose. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> Talk about right. it a little bit, I guess. Um, I'm yeah, excited for know. it. Cool, cool looking thing. Highly anti- highly anticipated, big, big following, big uh mm. big resto mod community. So yeah, should be should be a good thing for them, hopefully. Um, okay. Um, well, I was gonna say um I was looking through some of it and there's a lot of customizable options. Like a lot of the rivets have like Bronco imprinted in them and they have like a bar that goes across the top where you can put a GoPro camera and everything. They seem to have a lot of options. I don't know if it's kind of the waiter trying to go they come up with a platform and then you can buy the extra stuff like extra fenders and stuff like that is what they seem to be going towards do you think they'll have to they'll have to release the 3.5 eco boost in that eventually will people will the people demand it because right now the 2.7 eco boost is the fast is the top of the line engine right it's either that or a two, four two three. what's in the four yeah yeah Yep. Yeah, and the two seven is a is a V six. Could have been in the flex. So, I just I don't know. I never when I've when I've heard that. Um, sorry, we're t- <laughs> we're all over the place. I was just gonna say when I uh, when I've heard that engine with like exhausts and stuff on it. Not that Jeeps sound with. I think sound um, better, they've had a problem with that with the Raptors. I know the twenty thirteen Raptors. They like that V eight sound, and then when he came up with the recent raptors where they went with the v6 and the echo boost they didn't like that sound but they liked the performance so it was kind of a hard thing i mean that's Uh, i I think that's the reality of so many cars nowadays though i mean you know bmw we got rid of the inline six we got rid of the v8 and the m3 everyone complains about the the turbocharged noise now i formula one for god's sakes you know we had some of the greatest sounding cars in the world and then they went to uh to turbo engines that don't honestly sound like much so you know yeah they're just not you're just not going to get that performance and and emissions out of a naturally aspirated engine these days that's the problem right i, I doubt it sorry the, Steve, i didn't mean the, to talk over you no i, I doubt the the exhaust is or the sound is a, a concern for the, the regular uh, bronco buyer compared to us with looking at Porsches and how they so sound. So backtrack and talk about the engine. Uh, the two door is actually a two point three liter EcoBoost, and the four door is a two point seven. Yeah, so that's what I that's what I thought. 
How much power are they making in the two-door? Uh, let's see. Horsepower 270 in the two-door and 310. Um, and I'm assuming that's in optimal conditions as well. Yeah, they're they're those two three eco boosts. Well, ours make three hundred fifty in the RS. Right. John and I. Yeah, but they also pop a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I think another thing um, Alex probably already knows about, but um, Ford even has like a little amplifier in the back portion that's supposed to kind of like create engine sounds. I don't know if that's a format they're gonna bring in or. I, I think they do it in the Mustang even. I mean, I think Ford's oh, wow. doing that with basically <laughs> everything nowadays. I yeah. did at some point go back and unplug that in the car, and it's right. it's night and day. I actually plugged it back in. I know it's fake, but right. it's better than better than what it sounded like with all the sound deadening. Yeah, that that's a pretty common pretty common thing to have the sound engineers tune that sound now because the turbos don't sound that great. It's just a uh, even my GT350 had uh, sound piped in. But what one thing I want to talk about that was really cool with Ford was all the different models that they came out with. And you've got the base, uh, which is highly customizable, but you've also got Big Bend, Black Diamond, Outer Banks, Badlands, Wild Track, and First Edition, which all the reservations are full for that one. But it was kind of cool seeing all the different models that they had uh, coming out right off the bat. That was smart. They are really going nuts with the marketing on this. You guys heard about the, and it kind of hurts. It hurts me to say it, but the the off rodeo, <laughs> they're doing this event where they're they're letting yeah you if you like have a Bronco. Now I gotta look. Now I gotta actually do some googling because I'm off in the weeds. But no, they're do they're doing this thing to like test your Bronco called the off rodeo, and I just don't people know that are smarter than we are. <laughs> sure, so I'll make it more money. I would hope I would hope that I'm above I'm making a pun yeah, like nope. that. We were sitting here making dad jokes earlier. <laughs> Bronco buyers will get Oh, it's an off-road driving. It's, a, it's an off-road driving school. It's Sounds a free cool. admission to an off-road driving. School. Oh, there you go. I guess it's a oh, cool kind of like, right. like a track day if you buy a, a Bronco performance day. car. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I mean, talk about Just companies like making yeah, very cool. Complete opposite hype, you know, going from the Wagoneer to the Bronco now. It's uh, one company is doing a considerably better job with with uh, creating a product that people are pretty stoked about. Yeah, I don't know. I think people Jeeps will always have their following, especially as long as they make the Wrangler with a solid front axle. They're just they've have no competition. Just older, just older, uh, you know, SUVs. <laughs> so. Well, since we started doing podcasts, I started trying to listen to more podcasts. And there is one about the Ford. It's called Bring Back Bronco, or about the Ford Bronco. And you can find it at broncopodcast.ford.com. So I've been listening to it. It's been episodic, so I think they have three or four episodes out, and then they release them every so often. From Ford. Oh, so it's an official. Oh, okay. It's an official. From Ford, yeah. Yeah, from Ford. Kind of talks about the history of Ford, where they started. (laughs) It does talk about the OJ episode. And... I think the year after OJ's episode, they, wow. they stopped selling Broncos after. Yeah, they did. Ninety six or yeah. whatever. The year after they were done was at the end of the model line. I was I watched a uh, like a fifteen twenty minute little short CNBC documentary on it. Kind of did a brief brief history of it and and everything. It's interesting stuff, and they certainly have a 
a huge following and they've gotten some some of the coolest resto mods on earth done by guys like jonathan ward at icon four by four i mean that's kind of kind of one of his two specialties the other being the uh toyota fj40 i am really excited about this bronco i i, I could I could see myself in one if I could talk the, boss in, talk the boss into it, but <laughs> they are cool. John, I don't know if you heard about this at all, but I actually heard quite a few people in the RS clubs that were talking about selling their RS for a Bronco. And I thought there wasn't going to be any crossover there, but guys yeah. are looking at it, it seems. Yeah, I I looked at it. I, I remember only seeing like a cube, but I don't know. I, I didn't really read a whole lot into it. Um but you said you saw a lot of people that want to get one or? Yeah, I I just immediately I thought, I mean, that's a cool car, but I don't think anybody that's in a, a little hot hatch right now is going to be looking at that. But it seems yeah. like quite a few people are looking to, to, huh. to trade in the RS for one of those. Well, wasn't isn't the MSRP on the RS like 40K or something like that? Or yeah. is it a little bit? Yeah. Mm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting change, though, to go from a performance hatchback up to an SUV. Yeah. I, I've personally gone from uh, Mitsubishi Evolution to a Ford Raptor, and I shortly went from that Ford Raptor to a Focus RS. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, hey, you went the opposite way. Yeah. I mean, it kind of looks cool and everything. And you're thinking, oh, yeah, I'll go off roading and I can always use a truck uh, bed and everything. And then it's like, Jesus, he's a turbo. This is too big. And yeah. I mean, it's probably one of those things where they kind of look at like a something that, like a Lamborghini coming down the street or something like, oh, that's really cool. I want to get that. But then they get it and then they might not work out for them. It's a totally different type of vehicle. I mean, right. it's not even right. close to trying to do the same thing. So who knows? People's circumstances change. They get tired of one kind of car. They try another. I used to see it selling cars all the time they're like oh, i don't know if i want a yeah. truck or a car and i'm like well what are you trying to do with this thing like how do you use the how are you going to use this car well i don't know so yeah some people just don't so if you guys were to build one out two would door you go two absolutely door, four door what kind of well, what kind of uh, model would you go for what do you think yeah it has to two be. door yeah. is the cl- two door is the classic but Same here. i think i would do two door for as well I was uh, eyeing yeah, the outer, way more outer, old, outer banks way, model. It looks way more like an old Bronco. The thing, the quite here's my question with this thing, because almost always retro future doesn't age that well. Like they just kind of they just kind of end up being these weird things a few years later. So is it gonna is this gonna end the up? Dodge the Dodge Challenger's been holding up it pretty is well. Very, it is very retro future. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. That's one that's 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 one that's done good, but eventually that like the Mustang went that way and then kind of went. Yeah, I think part of it was it wasn't so. What about the FJ FJ Cruiser? FJ Cruiser was another one. Yeah. Oh, so I'm looking at some of the packages. There's a Sasquatch package which includes 35 inch tires with 17 inch beadlock, capable wheels, front and rear locking differentials. Um. Bilstein position sensor, the monotube shocks, yeah. and a 4.7 final drive ratio and high clearance fender flares. Oh, nice. That's yeah. That's their yeah. one aimed squarely at the Rubicon, though. 
It seems to be the must-have package that a lot of folks are talking about. Sasquatch, that's right. Mm -hmm. What does that start at? It's just an additional feature. Didn't even say how much it costs. (laughs) But I'm looking at the Big Bend. And it is a seven-speed manual transmission. Mm. Yep. Really? Oh, yeah. Granny gear. Right. That would be fun. Offering a manual with this. I wonder how that seven-speed is. Because they've never had a seven-speed manual, so what's that going to be I think the like? manual is hmm. only with the four-cylinder hmm. version. Okay, I, probably. I don't think for the upper version, it's, it's only automatic. And there are some. I really wonder what that's going to that's going to be like because the ones on the the six speeds on the Mustang GTs, I think they've they've recently recalled like the what are they called MT something or another? They're supposedly not good. And you had the right one. You had the one that they sold with a Tremec because yeah, you right. have to go up the GT350 to get the Tremec. Whereas Chevy will sell you a Camaro SS with it. And so. Steve, to answer you, yeah, you're correct. So the two-door, you can have the seven-speed or the 10-speed automatic. And the four-door, you have to have the 10-speed. I don't, uh, I'm not an off-roading guy either. We have a couple guys in the group. We should ask them, what is a, what's a turbo motor like when you're off-roading? If you're trying to like climb or something. That doesn't, the little bit of lag and a little yeah. bit of, uh, I, I don't feel like that's beneficial. Well, with how small, how, with how small the turbos are, it's probably negligible, I would think. But yeah, not an off-roader either. So curious about that. <laughs> we need air in, in here. What you need to put it. That's right. Even yeah. going from a, Where you at? Where you at, a naturally man? aspirated M3 to the Focus RS, I can still feel the, the throttle response. I'm, I'm sure that's annoying for, uh, for off-roaders. That's, that's yeah, a lot of lurching would happen. Well, I don't think anybody's trying to build a rock crawler. I mean, there's someone yeah. in Texas that's going to strip this and make but, this into yeah, a ridiculous rock crawler. It's going to happen. <laughs> and I'll definitely watch the video. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Someone, probably in Texas. They'll put an LS oh in it just to piss everybody off, though. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, do you guys want to move on and talk about the Maserati or the Tycon long roof? I don't know about that Maserati, but that Tycon, that wagon Tycon looks sick. And I've been hoping that they were going to do it ever since they've come out with the, with the Tycon itself. <laughs> yeah. Come to daddy. That's what I say about that one. Yeah. That's wow. a, yeah, that's a dad. Wow. That is a dad wagon right there, mm, Steve. For sure. <laughs> yeah. You might, you, you're going to be doing a lot of shopping. Here in the <laughs> Window shopping pretty much. Yeah. We, we put yeah, it in we'll the. See. Uh, cars and coffee group on facebook and it got some pretty mixed reviews i think it's it's uh barely polarizing I, who is, who is bad talking badly about this thing it's a porsche should, should wagon. we ban those guys that don't like the long roof i mean just preemptively they're not car guys or gals it's time for them to go you know they're the I'm, tesla I'm you know what you know what they are they're the tesla fanboys. that's who's oh that's who's talking crap Oh, that's another whole another podcast There's a, right a there. Section of people that just don't appreciate the shooting brakes, and and I don't, uh, I don't think I'll ever understand them because I love them. The CTSB wagon's been like my my ultimate favorite. They must be. Time. I think they grew up. With yeah, I like that too. See, by the time I was by the time I was growing up, small SUVs were already a thing. So the wagons were already supremely uncool. So none, nobody's parents of my generation, for the most part had wagons so i don't know that's why i think a lot of us think that they're cool <laughs> but our parents grew up with wagons so that's a whole whole other thing i learned to drive on a very uncool wagon i learned to drive on a Dodge super outback wagon 
the LL Bean edition. Well, that's a wagon that people have. But I mean, I mean, like the big American. I learned how to drive on a Datsun Bluebird station wagon in England. Also, a Ford Cortina station wagon, a burnt orange Mercedes 200 TDA diesel station wagon. My father has station wagons. And what was the other god awful ones? That was in the period where that I'm referring to, where station wagons were still big in the yeah. U.S. You just had a different, completely different selection of cars. I actually came cars. back here. My brother had that big. Oldsmobile station wagon, you know, with the uh, side seat and uh, you know the back that was rear facing. So you put the children you hated in there. If you're rear, you know, if you got yeah. So rear ended, they yes. built all the ones that got cars. I love those. They get they get car. They get car if they get car sick, they, right. they or, spew on the rear window. Yeah. And and it's a if, show for if, uh, if they get rear ended. That's the two children you care least about, and everything's great. But that that car was. I mean, I, I love a shooting brake. I love a wagon that's done right, you know? And so, yeah, I might understand why some people might hate Porsche, but I pity them on their bad decision-making. Absolutely. It seems like there's been a resurgence, resurgence of interest in wagons. Uh, the Audi R- yeah. RS6 is coming to the U.S., right? I mean, ever since, ever since uh, I mean, Jalopnik kind of kind of got on the wagon kick and more people and they started to write about some of the the 80s like brown diesel mercedes wagons and stuff they kind of got a cult following and now they're actually big with the enthusiast crowd i i'm looking at this thing man no it looks great i think this thing looks awesome it just looks it looks it's Mm. it is the it is if you've seen the panorat the panor panamera sport turismo much meaner it is that like that whole that like wagon shape just copied onto the Taycan, and the Taycan is quite a bit smaller. It's like between like BMW three and five series size. So this, yeah, um, I'm loving. We it. were uh, we were out for tacos the other day, and I saw a B70R and started taking pictures of it. My girlfriend was like, "What are you doing? It's a it's a wagon." I was like, "No, this isn't just a wagon." <laughs> It's a sweet wagon. You're like that's a. Sick I mean, wagon, it even though. went well when when Jag released their their XF Sporting Brake. I mean, there was one for sale out here, and I seriously thought about buying it. Yeah, and those those prices have dropped on those uh, Sporting uh, those XFs. Uh, it's no, well, it's a Jag. Yeah, because they weren't. Great <laughs> yeah, sales, yeah. So Terry's right. It's just Jaguar problems on the lot. <laughs> you know, but still, that that was a very tempting. That was the. Like, I should buy this and just get rid of the RAV4. No, I rarely drive the RAV anyway, so I wouldn't really be driving the shooting brake, but it was that tempting to get. So it's definitely a lot of wagon love. Well, those Jaguar, Jaguar wagons all will drive. So, right? that way. so yeah, it, it, it would have been a good little deal, but, you know, but just looking at, you know, the Taycan, I mean, it is, it is really beautiful. And I'm hoping this trend continues where we start seeing a more resurgence in the sporty wagon. And it wouldn't be, it would be really nice that we start seeing, you know, some Mercedes AMG wagons crossover. And there's that rumor of, you know, the M3, you know, wagon and stuff. So all those things might happen. We might even see an M5 wagon. Be nice to see. Would be nice, but... When they have made that stuff, they have not given us no, t- given no. it to for us some unknown Americans. reason. You are just forgotten. And then, and then some, and then some guy on the on the forums buys 
a regular buys a five series wagon yeah, swaps and an M5 and then swaps it, it, all the yes. bits buys two cards to make one which 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 I know somebody that actually Sorry. kind of did a swap like that but not an M5 swap that person supposedly owns a five series wagon pity that he doesn't realize I would never no, know yeah, I, I, no idea I have no idea who you're talking is. about Terry uh, yeah. <laughs> Gonna wrap that I think we should wrap this podcast up. Just like you're gonna wrap that wagon up. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I I do have a, a 2002 525i touring wagon, a BMW wagon that's getting uh, the E46 M3 engine, the S54 swapped into uh, six-speed swap LST figure brakes. Uh, been a long, and that's all harder than it. It's all a bit harder than it sounds, isn't it? Yeah, we had no idea the challenges that would go with that project, but it's been challenging. Now we're down to the last parts of just fixing some bugs. Been counting uh, as project in terms of years. Yeah, coming up on two years. <laughs> two years now. We have seen it. It is. I running. think so. It yeah. turned up at Lafayette Cars and Coffee once, and it looks amazing. And it looks great, and I can't, I can't wait to be behind the wheel. I was just telling somebody the other day that I went with Steve to buy that car, and it was, and I have never been impressed more by a previous owner of a car than this guy that sold Steve that wagon. He was just this retired guy who would do, who was bored and doing preventative maintenance on that car, <laughs> and he had the right. most immaculate, one of the best looking garages I've ever seen. And he filled up the back of the wagon with uh, a set of uh, winter wheels and tires, and then another load of spare parts. That... It was completely full of spare parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I am looking at this MC20 Maserati over here, and uh, I don't know. I hadn't. It's 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 the um, it's the Alpha 4C Maserati version. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'd heard about this. Yep. Well, I think it looks good. Wait a second. No, I made. I'm. Oh, is it the same? Is it the same body? Because it's a much. It's much more powerful, but different engine. It's a mid-engine two-seater, um, carbon tub. Looks like. Uh, I think it's probably based around the four C bones. I'm not sure though. I'm seeing 620 horsepower, 621 horsepower twin turbo V6. Yeah. That's like a Julia. Uh, well, that's a little quadrifolio engine in. Yeah, I guess in it a four C, um, which sounds really exciting. Yeah, yeah. If you could have that, have that mid mounted, but um, but yeah, I would think I would hope that they made it slightly longer if they're putting that much power into it. I wouldn't want to drive. I want to drive a four C with that much power. Yeah, it looks like a longer car too. It just looks like a longer wheelbase. It just, I mean. Just get there just becomes diminishing returns when you have when there's too much power in a such a small car, but and then pricing oh, reportedly starting and at two hundred it drops 000? what forty forty thousand dollars a month after it leaves the lot because it's the Maserati, right? And they'll sell every last one of them. I'll be sitting on the sidelines with cash waiting for my twenty thousand dollar MC twenty. Yep. We'll be we'll be in in five years. So no, I'm actually excited for it. Speaking about new ones, have y'all looked at? I know we're a bunch of 
non-fanboys in here, but uh, has anyone looked at the 2021 Ferrari Roma? I mean, it's 612 horsepower. I'm a, I mean, I'm personally not a fan, but... Mm. Oh, this is their new... This is the new... Oh, this is the new GT car. I haven't okay. been excited for Ferrari since the 458. They've all been all been the same something about something about this looks like a i don't know i'm trying to i'm trying to gather my thoughts about profile the rear end really the back half really looks like a cayman like i'm like shockingly so i was thinking the the rear three quarters was really like svr almost like aston martin look to it i don't know the the new ferraris have not been pretty that that new not the 488 the successor to it that the thing that they just came out with i think is looks like a bit of a disaster and i don't know i'm just trying to figure out this, it this kind of looks looking. like the bmw one series hatchback a little bit it's definitely more <laughs> no yeah 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 no yeah wow that's a stretch certain angles yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not saying it perfectly and then but... certain angles certain angles of the front that the that the headlight, certain angles of the front, the headlights look very like modern Volvo. Well, it's it just also, a lot of stuff going on here. Well, the, the Roma, I mean, I gotta say, it, it takes a lot of styling cues from the Aston Martin as well. Yeah, I was just, Ooh, I, yeah, thought I was just gonna see a render say of a shooting break. The, I like that. The Aston Martin 177 next to the Roma, I would right. not be surprised to, to find out that it was the same designer. They look very similar. Very, don't they? They really do. Yeah, yeah, similar. But I mean, anything, and I mean, Ferrari V12 as always. Oh no, it's gonna it's gonna be a V8 this one. No, uh, they gotta offer the V12 no. at some point. You would hope, but you would you would hope. Uh, that's the, that seems like uh, the whole yeah, point of the front right. engine for. But I don't know. I guess you can still get you can still get the F12. You can still get the uh, FF and the. Um, yeah, the in the uh, GTC for Luso. So, oh hell yeah, let's build our own Ferrari. Now, I don't like spending my hundred money on Ferraris. I, I so with my very successful businesses that I'm in, I will build a brand new Rav Four. Money <laughs> wisely, thank you very much. Rav Four, super fast. I'm I'm actually looking yes, right sir. now at the 2021 Alfa Romeo GTV. Oh, they need to make a convertible. I swear, make a convertible. I think uh, the GTV is dead in the water. That was uh, you might have seen Did some they? okay early news about that, but That's, I think they yeah. killed that. It was a bit of a coupe Julia. Mm. Kind yeah. Of thing. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Two door. Twenty. Could have been a decent idea, but. I don't know. It's probably the 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 amount of Julia's that they're probably already selling. It doesn't really make sense to build something that's you know mostly like it, but not quite, and not just call it the Julia two door. We uh, should we move to wrap this up? Sure. Yep. Good plan. I guess we're wrapping. John, you want to wrap us up? Uh, that's it for us for from the Colorado Cars and Coffee podcast. Be back next week, and uh, yeah, get out to some, get out and yeah. meet some car people. Yep. Get weekend. out to the events, guys, and see what's out. Good, there. good little, good little list of events going on.
be good so that's not too bad and i think yep check us out on our channels we got uh, all the channels you know we got uh, instagram um facebook group facebook page only fans twitter yeah we're on most of the channels so check us out <laughs> that's uh-huh dan exclusively only yeah it's coming soon facebook.com slash colorado cars and coffee uh instagram <laughs> is co cars and coffee uh all spelled out and then our twitter handle is the same co cars and coffee so find us there. Definitely join us next week. I think we'll do a little bit of racing. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, joining us tonight.